Hello, friends. Thanks for tuning in today. It has been a particularly busy season of life, and it has been really difficult to just sit down and write and record episodes. So this might be uh, the last like full-length episode for a little while. Um, I'll definitely be checking in with you guys now and then. Also, today's episode is going to deal with pregnancy loss and child loss and uh, some child death. So if that's not the kind of thing that you want to listen to, uh, maybe tune into the next episode. But regardless of when I'm back again with a full-length episode, uh, I'm happy that you're here today. Here we go. It is women who bear the race in bloody agony. Suffering is a kind of horror. Blood is a kind of horror. Women are born with horror and their very bloodstream. It is a biological thing. Bela Lugosi. Motherhood is a really interesting topic, and it's something that I've wanted to talk about uh, on this podcast for a long time. Um, The subject of women in horror is, of course, something that is very important to me, and I don't think you can talk about women in horror for very long before you come across the subject of motherhood, because it is a life-changing experience, and it's just a defining part of being a woman. Now, full disclaimer, I am not a mom. So a lot of the things that I'm going to talk about today come from an outside perspective. However, uh, I do have very personal connections to some of the topics I'm going to cover today. So be prepared to get to know a little bit more about my personal life um, because we're going a little deeper today and sharing some real stuff. So motherhood covers a wide variety of life experiences and emotions, both positive and negative. Um, So today I'm going to talk about mainly two films that fit into a couple of categories that I think define mothers in horror and honestly, uh, motherhood in general. And motherhood is, it's a complicated thing um, because it's a painful thing, but also a beautiful thing. And um, because of that, I think there is a lot to explore and a lot to dig through. And I think most women would be familiar with that both positive uh, and negative side that comes with just being a woman and being a mom. So the first film that I want to talk about today is going to be kind of the hardest and um, also the most unsettling because I want to leave you guys on a happy note. So we're going to handle the hard stuff first. 
So the journey to motherhood begins with your period, right? So like right out of the gate, uh, there is blood, there is pain, like it's a whole thing. Um, It's obviously a very important part of your life as a woman, but it is just not a welcome transition. And so then when you get pregnant, that's also uncomfortable. Uh, A lot of women are really sick in the beginning. Um, Then you've got this like other body growing inside you. And from what I've heard, even though you love it and you would do anything to protect it, once you hit that nine months, you're like, please leave. Like, I don't care what I have to do. Just like get this baby out of me. And by all accounts, birth is a messy and painful affair, be that natural, C-section, whatever. It's just, it's an ordeal. Um, And before modern medicine, there was a good chance it could kill you. So even though it's this completely natural thing and most women on the planet go through it, it's, it's kind of like not safe. And I find that so bizarre and also scary. Um, And there are also emotional and mental factors before, during, and after pregnancy, like due to the insanity of your hormones. So we're not just talking about like pain in your body, but you also have it in your mind and emotions, which means that pregnancy just has the potential to sort of be tough in every area of your life. So basically, the entire female reproductive cycle just kind of has a horror built right into it. It's fertile ground, no pun intended, for creepy subject matter. And that particular horror has played out many different ways in film. So first of all, I'm going to mention Rosemary's Baby, um, which is probably like the motherhood horror film. And in it, we find that Rosemary isn't even for sure like when or how she got pregnant. Um, She's very skeptical throughout the whole movie. She's not sure if she can trust her neighbors or even her husband. Um, And we as the audience were like, is it real? Is it hormones? Like, who knows? Um, But of course, spoiler alert, it's all real. Uh, She has been invaded by the devil and now she must give birth to presumably the Antichrist. And I mean, that has to be the worst case scenario for pregnancy, right? Like no matter what happens in your pregnancy, it's not going to be that bad. (laughs) Rosemary. Go back to bed. You know you're not supposed to be up and around. Is the mother? Uh, Rosemary. Shut up. Rosemary. Shut up. You're in Dubrovnik. I don't hear you. What have you done to it? What have you done to its eyes? He has his father's eyes. And there are other uh, films that that deal with this kind of idea of pregnancy being uh, an invasion and a discomfort in your your safe space. Um, Alien is one of those. I don't think I have to spell that out. There's some pretty obvious things in there. And also also Darren Aronofsky's Mother, which although that film is very clearly a film about religion, until I figured that out, I thought that... Um, this idea of people just coming into her home and wrecking things like without invitation and kind of without her knowledge, I thought that it was going to be a metaphor for um, for pregnancy and for uh, just the havoc that is wreaked by pregnancy on the female body. But that's not what it was. But still, watch it through that lens and it works for a little while. The film I really want to dig into more that deals with the trauma of womanhood and birth is the French film Inside. Four months before Christmas, Sarah was in a car crash which killed her husband. She and her unborn baby were the only survivors. 
On Christmas Eve, Sarah stays home alone where she grieves her husband and prepares to go to the hospital the next morning for the delivery. As night falls, a woman knocks on Sarah's door asking to use the phone. When she refuses, the woman reveals that she knows Sarah and tries to force her way in. Sarah calls the police. They inspect the home and determine the woman has left, but promise to keep watch over Sarah through the night. The woman returns and tries to take Sarah's unborn child, but Sarah locks herself in the bathroom. The strange woman torments Sarah through the night and kills all who try to help her. So if you're not familiar with Inside, it's a French movie from 2007 during uh, the heyday of the new French extremity, which is very bleak, very, very violent, but well-made, beautiful films. And Inside is one of the most violent films I've probably ever seen. I enjoyed it the first time I saw it, but it had a much bigger impact on me upon my second viewing, which came after I had a miscarriage. In 2013, I kind of unexpectedly got pregnant and was very emotional about it. Uh, It was not something that was planned. So, you know, I was a little upset about it. And um, while I was sort of trying to deal with it and trying to cope with this big idea of this giant life change, I thought, you know, I'm going to revisit Inside, which seems like a really strange thing to do when you're pregnant. But I've always turned to horror in, in times of like turmoil in my life because it's comforting. Kind of like I said about Rosemary's Baby, you watch that and you realize, well, oh, well, no matter what I'm going through, it's not going to be that bad. So it's comforting. But I I just didn't get around to it. And then I ended up, like I said, I ended up having a miscarriage at about six weeks. And um, so when I finally got back to inside, you know, I was no longer pregnant. And um, at that point, I just realized that the film works as a metaphor for what women go through in pretty much every stage of the reproductive cycle, and that includes losing a pregnancy. Miscarriages are really common, but in my experience, like there's never really a good time to bring it up or talk about it um, because, you know, when you get pregnant, you're supposed to not announce it until the first trimester is over. And if you're going to have a miscarriage, it's probably going to happen in the first trimester. So if you have one, but most people don't know that you were ever pregnant, you don't like go on Facebook and say, hey, I was pregnant. No, I'm not. Like, that's just not the kind of thing that you share. And so anytime that I feel like it's appropriate to bring it up, I feel free to to share about it. I think it's something that's important to share because so many women go through it. Uh, But it, it is just one of those things that you just don't know when or how to talk about it. And then when you do bring it up, you know, you just never know how people are going to react. And like everything in life, people process their experiences in different ways. And thankfully for me, um, I didn't have too hard of a time dealing with my miscarriage just outside of the norm of dealing with what your body's going through and emotions and, and all of that. But however, it is incredibly hard for some women. Um, for some, it is the same as losing any other child. And since it's not something that's often talked about, a lot of times we don't even know that like our friends and family are going through this kind of like crushing grief of losing their pregnancy. I think what Inside does is uh, it takes us on this really dark journey that I think can help us understand sort of the traumatic side of pregnancy. And um, there are just a ton of things that hit me while watching Inside post-miscarriage. You can read all my thoughts 
on the blog I wrote about it, which will be linked. Um, I'm only going to mention a couple of them today so that this episode is not forever long. So the first thing that really hit me is um, the blood in the bathroom. (laughs) During one of the most tense segments, the main character, Sarah, is locked in her bathroom. Uh, The woman in black, the intruder, has sort of chased her around the house with this pair of scissors. It's insane. And um, so Sarah's already been injured a few times. So she locks herself in the bathroom. And the bathroom is a white bathroom. And so there is just blood all over this white bathroom. And I remember thinking, wow, what woman cannot relate to being stuck in a bathroom dealing with some kind of mess? You know, we've all been there. (laughs) And um, this is like one of the quintessential experiences of like being a woman. And so I think that the bloody bathroom scene really serves to connect specifically the female viewer to Sarah and feel like we are going through this ordeal with her. We're really rooting for her. And another small thing that really impacted me is the scene with the nurse. So near the beginning of the film, uh, Sarah has a checkup at the hospital and she has a short little conversation with this kind of like almost rude nurse. And it seems kind of random and like it doesn't quite fit the overall plot. It doesn't seem important. Um, However, I think this small scene really shed some light on the overall meaning of the story. The nurse says to Sarah, it's horrible. The first kid in my own case, it took 13 hours to deliver it. Oh, murder. I mean, murder. I was in such pain. He put me through all that, but he was born dead. Inside is it's all about being pregnant, encountering tragedy, protecting your child, enduring trauma, and then the most hard hitting one, losing your child. The French are really great at making this beautiful violence, like I mentioned, and I don't think that there always has to be some kind of like grand, deeper meaning in these things, but I think that inside really does pack that punch when you dig into it. Um, As far as I know, the writers and directors of Inside are men. I don't know if they intended any of what I have personally um, gotten out of the film, but The bottom line is that I think the uncomfortable story we're presented with in Inside gives us perspective into the difficult journey that pregnancy can be and ultimately presents us with a glimpse into how terrible it can be to lose a child. Just to wrap up my thoughts on Inside, I'm going to leave you with the closing statement from my blog regarding the words of the nurse. It's a foreshadowing of what's to come. And unfortunately, a familiar scenario for the many women who experience the loss of an unborn child. It's a bleak story, but a true one, a human one, a story that is not easy to tell and not easy to bear. But it's a story worth telling because those who have not experienced it cannot fully understand. But if they can experience a story that presents unrelenting brutality and raw emotion, maybe they will begin to. Whew, so... That was it, admittedly, a little bit of a rough journey. Uh, Thanks for hanging in there (laughs) with my personal stories. Um, But that's what horror is for, right? It takes us to dark places and it it tells us the truth about being a human. And sometimes we need to go down the dark road. But the truth isn't all bad. And horror also has given us some beautiful examples of motherhood. And like I said, the pain and trauma of motherhood and womanhood is real. But so is the intense connection 
you know, the love of a mother is pure and courageous and self-sacrificing and um, tremendous strength is found in the bond between a mother and a child. And that strength is also a fertile ground, again, no pun intended, for compelling storytelling. Now, sometimes the devotion of a mother just goes completely sideways and we get mothers like Margaret White and Carrie, Mrs. Voorhees and Friday the 13th, uh, Norma Bates and Psycho, or even more recent example, Annie and Hereditary. Um, Now, Annie, I wouldn't say she's a bad mom, but her mother was certainly a bad mom and the family is going to just continue to suffer the consequences of her actions for what I assume will be generations. Uh, That movie, of course, is a larger comment on the family in general, but I think Annie's role in particular as the mother in that family is very fascinating. Horror has also given us admirable examples of a mother's devotion, and some of those examples include Grace from The Others, Donna Trenton in Cujo, and my personal favorite, Laura in The Orphanage. former orphan raises her adopted son, Simone, together with her husband, Carlos, in an old house and former orphanage where she was raised. While at the orphanage, Simone tells Laura that he has five invisible friends, which she believes are a product of his active imagination. Laura decides to reopen the orphanage to cater to disabled children and throws a party. During the party, Simone tries to persuade Laura to go look at his friend's house, but she's too busy. Later on, she sees a mysterious masked boy and realizes that Simone has also disappeared. Laura feels the presence of other people in the house, and months later, Laura invites a team of parapsychologists to try to unravel the mystery. The Orphanage is a fantastic ghost story, and it also happens to be a weirdly heartwarming story about family. 
While Laura has no biological children of her own, she is a true mother. She has adopted a son with a terminal disease, and she's also decided to open up her home to special needs children. So it's clear that she is driven to be a nurturer, and when Simone goes missing, Laura sacrifices everything to find and take care of him. So her desperate search and unexpected discovery really create a beautiful and inspiring picture of the pure and powerful love of motherhood. I actually think The Orphanage and Inside came out the same year, interestingly enough, and they're both foreign films, so it's a little weird how things fit together like that. But anyway, I saw The Orphanage the year it came out and pretty much immediately fell in love with it because good ghost stories can be silly and dissatisfying like pretty fast, but this one uh, kept me interested and I just loved the end. Um, I didn't get too spoilery with Inside, but I am going to have to talk about pretty much all of the orphanage to address the things I want to talk about. So if you haven't seen it, please go see it first and then come back and we'll talk about it. Now you can watch the orphanage as just a straightforward ghost story and it's satisfying enough on its own merits. Um, But what I find really interesting about the orphanage is uh, how it's kind of like a tale of two mothers. Um, And both of these mothers have a special needs child. Both of these mothers lose a child. But how they react, how they handle the situation, I think says a lot about parenthood and motherhood. So I've already mentioned Laura, who is the main character of the film, but there's this other character named Benina. And Benina used to work at the orphanage when Laura was growing up there. And she sort of mysteriously shows up at Laura's house in present day and is just acting very strange and kind of knows things she shouldn't know. And um, long story short, we find out that Benina was the mother of Tomas. And Tomas is the little creepy little like sack-headed child that we think is like the evil child in the film. And um, we find out that the other kids at the orphanage were playing with him. There's kind of an accident that leads to his death. So Benina chooses to act on her grief and take out her frustration on the children who caused the accident that killed Tomas. So the ghost children that are in the orphanage, including the little sack-headed boy Tomas, uh, were all murdered by this mother. Um, Sort of like Friday the 13th. It's like, you know, my boy drowned. I will take vengeance on the ones responsible. (laughs) Then, of course, in present day, what we don't find out until the end of the movie is that, you know, Simone is playing this game of hide and seek and he's trying to play with his mother, but she doesn't have time to play with him. Like any mom, she's distracted by the the important details of life and she doesn't pay attention to Simone quite as much as she should. And it results in uh, him being locked in a room in the house and he ends up dying. So, you know, both of these mothers are kind of guilty of the same thing. And that is just like not, not paying as much attention to their children as they should. And this accident occurs. Now, we don't know uh, a lot about Bonina in the past. Like we, we don't know if she is a good mom or, or what. Um, I think we can surmise that she's not a good person uh, as she decides to kill all the children who took part in her son's death. But we, we just, we don't know what kind of, of mom she really was. But Laura, we know is a good mom. It's not really, it's when you get to the end of the movie, you, you really kind of feel like it's not fair that this happened to Laura. 
because she's a good mom, um, because she's just trying to like make a home for her family and she's welcoming these other children into her home and she just doesn't deserve it, but it happens anyway. Um, and I, I just sort of feel like, you know, you, you get to the end and, and you're crushed, but it's like, you know, it, it happens anyway, just like it happens to real families every day. And even if your decisions as a parent don't lead to consequences that are sort of like quite this drastic, like every parent makes mistakes. You know, sometimes you don't pay enough attention. Sometimes you say the wrong thing. You know, every parent is going to like do some kind of damage to their kid because par- parents aren't perfect people. They're, they're just people and they're going to make mistakes. And so the orphanages is obviously deals with grief and the very specific grief of losing a child. But I think it also deals on a much more subtle level with with guilt. And that is um, just just like I said, the guilt of just the decisions we make as parents. I think Benina just taking out her revenge on the children um, contrasted with Laura's decision to take her sleeping pills and basically be with the children forever. It's, it's a sacrifice of love instead of a sacrifice of anger. So the result of Benina's decision is death and destruction and unrest. And the result of Laura's decision is peace and love and rest and resolution. Seeing Laura's decision to put herself aside and stay with the children really shows us what the power of motherhood can do and how it can right the wrongs and fix the things that are broken. So I think what the ending of the orphanage gives us is really a sense of hope. It gives us hope in spite of the shortcomings and the tragedy of life. And I think that it teaches us that even though there are dark and scary things in our past, there is always a way to live and make peace with our ghosts. So I've really only scratched the surface of this topic today. Um, I think motherhood is one of those that just continues to expand as you look into it. And I also find it very interesting that motherhood is a topic that is quite prevalent and often uh, very well handled in a genre dominated by men. Um, But now that I've called attention to it, you know, I hope that you will continue to find good stories about mother and horror. Uh, Some of the ones I mentioned, Psycho, Carrie, Alien, Friday the 13th, Cujo, The Babadook. That's a very interesting one. Mom's allowed to like, not like her kid. Uh, Goodnight Mommy, Hereditary. I mean, there are so many, so many uh, iconic mothers in horror, good and bad. So thanks for being here today. Um, I hope to talk to you all again sooner rather than later. And in the meantime, don't forget to call your mom. You can find the show on Instagram and Facebook at Light and Shadow Pod. Sign up to become a supporter on Patreon for early access to all episodes and more. Please rate, review, and subscribe to help other people find the show. Until next time, stay spooky.
This episode features special artwork by Sunny Baliet. Find out more about her work in the show notes.